Good morning. Welcome to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. I'm president of Dave Fox Design and Build Remodelers here in Columbus, Ohio. Really pleased to have all of you tuned in this morning on this June 9th. And isn't it nice to be in June and having some nice early summer weather? And I'm sure many of you have been out busy working on your yards and getting them looking just perfect. And so today's topic you're going to enjoy because I have Mark from Greenscapes with me. Mark, thanks for being here. It's always a pleasure, Gary. Okay, so I always enjoy our discussions about uh, landscaping and outdoors and planting because I just basically pick your brain for all the stuff I don't know <laughs> and, and use it on my house. It works out great. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so uh, we just want all of our listeners to know they can always reach me and my company, Dave Fox, by emailing info at DaveFox.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if any of you are just tuning in, maybe this is the first show or so that you've listened to, um, you know, to take a listen, and if you have any questions or comments about anything, you can email info at DaveFox.com. Also, you can go to DaveFoxRadio.com, and there you can see all of our previously broadcast shows, and you could listen to any of them. They're all titled, so... You'll see what the subject matter is on that particular show, but uh, there's a lot of subjects there, right, Mark? Oh, yeah. there's You can learn a lot. That's right. <clears throat> so, Mark, um, well, first I just want to let our listeners know last week I was speaking to Britt from Hamilton Parker. So we talked about some of the products uh, that are being used uh, on outdoor landscaping. Mark, and I'm sure you guys use them for some of your products. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. they're a great, a great partner. Yeah. So uh, that's last week's show, and this week's show is with Mark. So, Mark, what are we going to talk about today? Well, first to start off, a little about what we do. Um, our, our history would be great. Um, you know, Greenscapes has been around almost 45 years now, mm -hmm. so we're pretty well established. I hope we know what we're doing every yeah. day. Um, and just like Dave Fox, you know, we pretty similar. Just we work outside where we really like to come out meet the client, talk about their goals and expectations for their project, set some budgets. And then, you know, we do have a design retainer, which is usually a little bit smaller than, than what yours is because our projects well, are thanks a, a lot. More. Yeah. <laughs> usually because our projects are a little less, are a little smaller than yours. Okay. Uh, but sort of the same process where we come out, we walk through, you know, uh, we get a good understanding, good feeling with the client. And then we start the design process to go through and pick out what we want to do and get you know, all the details worked out because, you know, starting with a good plan is really important because the worst thing is to not have those details worked out and the men are there, they're ready to work, there's products there. And if we, if we're missing, if we're missing, um, details or choices, then it can slow the process down and create a lot of frustration that sure. we like to try to avoid. Yeah. A lot of pre-planning ahead of time, which involves help from our clients, right? Right, right. It's so essential in having a smooth project. Right. And, you know, the client is the partner in the process because mm -hmm. um, it's it's easy for me and just like you guys, it's easy to, to give a client what I think their house should be, mm -hmm. but you know, that I, I may like it a lot, but they may not like it. So, you know, the, the, the whole point is to, to have that interactive process to go back and forth and push and pull the plan and change this out and adjust this to, to really customize what they're getting. So, um, you know, the day that we're done and wrapped up that they can sit on their patio or look at their new planting and really, really enjoy what, what we've all created. Yeah. You know, Mark, since I live in the remodeling world where we're going to clients who need to update their kitchen or add a bathroom or add a room addition or who knows what, re redo the basement, um, I'm used to kind of what they bring in 
to help us understand what they want to accomplish. But how about in your world in landscaping? How do people get across to you what they really want to accomplish? Well, uh, a lot of people are overwhelmed by plants because it's something, it's a living thing that people aren't comfortable with. So, you know, we try to take a step back and say, you know, what is your style? What are the colors you like? And, you know, we start to build a, a palette off of that, you know, where you know, they like, you know, pinks and whites, but they don't like yellow. So it's those types of keys that help us, you know, build their their library of plants and ideas because people may not know about this specific plant or this one or what grows here. So that's where our expertise comes in that if, we, if they give us some help with the big picture of what they want to achieve and, you know, an overall look of some basic guidelines, you know, then we sort of fill in the blanks and then we talk about, okay, you said you wanted you know, a shade perennial that blooms white. Well, there's only a few that really do that. So we may talk about some astilbe or some other plants. And then we show them pictures and we look at them and say, does, does this seem good? And, you know, it's it's a hand-in-hand process of back mm-hmm. and forth. But we always encourage people to go out and visit, you know, places like Hamilton Parker and visit the Dave Fox office where we've done some work and people can see, you know, plants and see materials of what they really look like. Yeah, because there's really so much that can be done with all the different terrific products that are available for outdoor hardscape and Mm -hmm. landscape work. And, uh, you know, people are really, well, you got so many components. You have uh, physical space where you can do something. You've Mm -hmm. got the terrain, you know, maybe you've got a a rolling yard or maybe it's pure flat. And I mean, there's so many elements that come into play in designing an outdoor area. Uh, So you've got you know, your train, your location, how much room you've got, and then all the different materials and uh, walks and uh, fences and fire features and mm-hmm. lighting. It's a lot, a lot yeah, to consider. There's a lot of, you're right, there is a, a there is a, a multitude of things that you can put in there. So that's why we want to start with the big picture. When, when we're developing a bigger plan, you know, we, we always encourage the client to not get caught up in the little details in the beginning you know the first stages is to you know where what do you want you know you okay i need a patio okay how many people are you going to entertain well we usually entertain about this much people okay so we need a table a little seating area a place to grill and that sort of starts to build our size of the patio we're not concerned at this stage about you know are we talking about a, a tumbled concrete paver are we talking about a you know a porcelain tile or a natural stone you know, we want to focus step by step on, you know, the pieces of the project. So, okay. So now we have the patio laid out at a good size of meet your needs. Okay. Now what style do you want to go with? And now we go to the material selection. Are we going to go with the porcelain tile or are we going to go with this or that? And so as we design the materials in, then we may have to adjust the layout. So if we start with a really curvilinear patio, and it fits the space well, but a client says, well, I really like these 24 by 24 porcelain tiles. Well, the curvilinear patio doesn't lend itself well to the 24 by 24 tiles because of all the cuts and all the funny things that happens with that. So we may have to adjust the patio a little bit mm-hmm. to fit the material. So that's just all part of the, the grand scheme of things. Yeah, absolutely. And the porcelain tile, I can tell you from experience, <laughs> you don't cut circles in that very easy. No, no, the, uh, our crews... <laughs> As skilled as they are of doing those things, can can do it. Except I better bring a lot of pizzas and a lot of sodas to them <laughs> because 
They are not going to be happy about yeah. that. It, it's a high degree of difficulty. Yeah. So if someone's considering a project like this, what kind of time frame are they looking at? I don't know you've got a design phase. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, the production side of yeah, it. Exactly. So, you know, from the time we meet the initial meeting of the client, usually we're about two to three weeks from getting the plan put together because we like to come out and really catalog what's there, you know, take good pictures. There may be some grading involved. We have to measure the house, um, look at the sun patterns to see how the sun sort of comes across. You know, are we in full sun, partial sun, shade? Because that will, you know, define what plants we can use and if we need to provide more shade. So that usually takes somewhere around three weeks. To, and then we meet, review the first plan, make the needed adjustments. Um, you know, we may have a couple small revisions. We may have, you know, once we part ways and we're working and the client thinks a little bit more and they're really, the project's on the front of their mind, you know, when we meet the second time, they say, well, you know, we told you this, but now that we're out here and we're sitting around really thinking about it, we kind of really want to do this. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's just all part of the process, but we can, you know, continue that when we get back. That sounds great. <laughs> okay, so again, we're talking outdoor landscaping with Mark from Greenscapes. And Mark, uh, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, I want to talk about uh, early summer care because we're right here in early summer. We'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. Really happy to have you tuned in on this June 9th. And I have Mark with me from Greenscapes. Mark, thanks for being here with us. Great to be here, Gary. So, Mark, uh, in the first segment, we were talking you know, a lot about your company mm -hmm. and the process, the design process, and how many uh, different designs you do. You guys do two designs, right? Yeah, it depends. I mean, sometimes clients are pretty exact on what they need. And I'm, I'm just kind of joking. Because, <laughs> yeah, you guys have more than two designs to offer people. Right, right. right. It, yeah, <laughs> We can always work with them. <laughs> okay. Because uh, it's not a canned process. I mean, you're you're custom designing for every client. Right, right. Yeah. And some sometimes we do, you know, depending on what the client wants, sometimes mm -hmm. we have to do a couple concepts. Yeah. You know, if, if they have trouble really envisioning this, say, well, we could go this direction. We might do some simpler, you know, design so they can kind of get a feel, and, and then we try to pick a direction and really sure. um, detail it out. Yep. Mm -hmm. So uh, we want to get into early summer care now because here we are. It's June 9th, mm -hmm. and... You had mentioned uh, before I was asking you about my lilac bushes. Right. And uh, you were saying, well, prune those after the lilacs are done blooming. And that's pretty much now, right? Yeah. The, so sometime, depending on your plant and sun conditions, you know, the, the lilacs stop blooming at the, the end of May, the beginning of June, sometime in there. And that's the best time to prune them because as soon as they're done blooming, they set up their blooms for next year. Um, right then. So if you wait until, you know, later in July or into August and or it, the spring before they bloom, you're pruning off all those blooms. And that's the reason why we use lilacs is for the bloom and the color. It's a nice plant otherwise, but that's really the factor why you use them. So it's really best. And we're probably at the end of that window right now. Mm -hmm. um, but now's the great best time to prune them, get them back in size so they don't get too big so you can really enjoy them so you don't cut those blooms off. Yeah. Okay, so my lilac bush is really huge, and I have a walkway that kind of goes up a grade to mm -hmm. my front door. And the lilac bush is like hanging over about a third of the way onto the walkway. Mm -hmm. So I want to cut that thing way back. And am I going to 
can I cut it too far back? Uh, you know, you want to leave some you want to leave some leaves out there. So okay. cut it into the to the mass of the plant, but you know, leave leave some leaves on okay. it. Don't cut it too far. Some plants, like some viburnums, you can basically cut to the ground, then they'll reflush. Um, but I wouldn't do that with a lilac. Okay. But you can aggressively prune them, and you know, but mm-hmm. but leave some some leaves on there, and it should be just fine. Okay. Good. So what else you got for us for early summer care? Well, the one thing we always run into is um, clients who really like their irrigation system. And sometimes Mm. clients like their irrigation system too much. So, you know, it's always best to get the irrigation turned on in May, get it set up for your program. And, you know, most people do need a backflow certification. And the backflow is what prevents the water from your irrigation system getting mix back in with drinking water it's sort of a a valve to to eliminate the water to once the water leaves your house it doesn't come back in and that does need certification Um, sometimes if you don't do that you'll get a nice letter from your local municipality saying if you don't turn this in right away we're going to turn your water off Mm. because it is a safety issue Mm -hmm. um so you have to have a certified plumber come out and do that okay Um, now is that uh every so often or just once and done um usually it's once a year um but that you don't always get that letter right away um but they they do have the right to come out and shut your water off if you Mm -hmm. if it is um so you get your irrigation system turned on but you don't have to have it running um you know early in the year uh, especially usually in May, we have enough rain. This May, we had plenty of rain, so we probably didn't need to run. Um, and then, you know, probably want to start thinking about maybe turning it on now with our current weather conditions. But, you know, it, it, people get too excited about running them um, yeah. because what we've talked about in the past is, you know, too much water will kill a plant just as easily as not mm. enough water. Yeah. So you can love your plants too much. Mm. Um, so have your irrigation system ready to go, but... You know, wait to turn it on until it starts to get dry a little bit, and then just flip it on. And you know, don't be afraid to, you know, adjust the zone time to make sure that everything is running properly. Um, you know, some people set them up, and they have all the beds running the same amount of time, all the turf running the same amount of time. Well, if you live on a slope or have a shaded environment where the water isn't dissipating as quickly, or the water's collecting in an area, you know, those times need to be adjusted up or down, so you're not um, you know, overwatering a place or underwatering a place. Mm-hmm. So, makes sense. so across the board, you know, you don't need to put, you know, 20 minutes on every lawn zone if your terrain changes or your, um, you know, shade changes. Yeah. Right on. Okay. So, um, you know, and continuing with watering, if you have plants less than a year old, you yeah. know, and it starts to get dry in the summertime, you still want to keep them watered, um, with your hose, um, and, you know, usually the first year of life for your new plants, you you know, after about a year, then they'll usually have a fruit system that they can support themselves on if we have normal water conditions where it's raining every, mm-hmm. you know, few days. Um, but, you know, continue to water your plants that are less than a year old. Yeah, that makes sense. So they can get a root system developed. And I suppose uh, the different types of plants respond differently to that. Yes. Um yeah, I mean some plants, you know, most evergreens don't need a lot of water. Okay. Um they need a little bit, but not as much as like some dogwoods or hydrangeas which need more water to get established. Mm-hmm. Speaking of evergreens, when's a good time to prune an evergreen? Uh, well, you want to prune them after their new growth comes out. And the new growth usually comes out sometime the mid mid-May. And okay. so 
you know, the end of May and the beginning of June is really a good time to prune most of your evergreens. Really? Uh, um, just last weekend, I pruned the ones at my house. Okay. Because um, you can prune, you can see the new growth, you can prune that back, and then you can keep your evergreen maintained at the size you like. I see. Great, because I have an evergreen that's kind of encroaching on my walkway, too. Yeah, so now's the perfect time to do that. Yep. Uh, yeah, so this live landscape stuff just doesn't keep its boundaries, does it? It just <laughs> keeps expanding. Yes, yes, it does. It's always growing, yeah. which, you know, is always fun to work with. Exactly. Okay, and then um, I think we were talking. I just put down a bunch of mulch at my house. Mm -hmm. uh and I got a really good full body workout <laughs> for oh, yeah. a couple of days, uh, and the soreness to go with that. Yes, <laughs> you know, carrying those bags of mulch around is a, is a good workout. Now, what you want to do next year is prune your plants before you mulch, because uh, that makes sense. Because if you mulch before you prune, then you have to either put tarps down to collect everything, uh -huh. or try to rake, yeah. you know, your your clippings off of the mulch, sure. which can be troublesome. Yep. So, but that's a, a just a nice little tip to, mm -hmm. to do that first. And, you know, you can wait a little bit to mulch, um, which that's usually what I do at my house. I okay. usually wait um, to mulch. Okay. Sounds good. Any other tips for uh, well, early summer care? Well, you know, in the springtime, that's when most of your really heavy, you know, edging the beds, getting all the pruning and the fertilization. Um, and now that we're into June, really you just want to, as far as pruning your plants, you just want to look for, you know, a, a branch that's starting to grow out from the rest of the plant where, you know, you have this nice sort of tight ball, three feet or so across, and then you have one branch that's sort of deciding it wants to grow by itself. So, you know, for the first part of the summer, really, you just want to walk out there and, and just sort of clip those branches off um, just to maintain the plant as a nice, dense plant. Mm. And really, that's about it for that. Um, but really, this time of year, you want to look for bugs and disease you know uh, look for the leaves curling up or lots of bugs crawling around on them or just some some bugs get or some plants will get black spot and all these tons of different types of other things that mm -hmm. can bother plants so you just want to focus on keeping an eye on them looking for those signs that something's wrong um, usually if you take a branch into a local garden center you know the the people who work there are pretty good and can identify what it is and help finding. Oh, that's the, a good idea. I never thought of that. Yeah, help finding you know the the um you know the the medicine to help your plant get better. Sure. Um, and you know that's pretty easy to do. So if you know for the first part of the, the summer, it's really enjoying all of your hard work for the springtime. Sounds good. Okay, so Mark, we're talking about uh, landscaping. Uh, here we are, June 9th, early summer. So. We're going to continue this discussion. I want to talk uh, next segment about some design ideas, Mark. So we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. Glad that you're tuning in on this June 9th, Sunday morning. And today we are talking outdoor landscaping. And I've got Mark with me from Greenscapes. Mark, thanks for being here again. And, great. Okay. It's great to be here, Gary. Uh, so we've talked about uh, some of the work you guys do we talked a little bit about design and how you work with clients through mm -hmm. the design process, very similar to how we work with our clients, Mark. And in early summer care, we talked about that last segment. And I do have one more question on that before we get into design ideas. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so most of our listeners know my daughter and her six kids live with my <laughs> wife and I. 
So my daughter last year wanted to do some gardening, and in the back of our yard we have kind of a high, long mound. Mm -hmm. So I built her a couple of these raised bed gardens, like a four-foot square mm -hmm. box, and we filled it. She bought special dirt and stuff and put in, so we did two of them. So she put a bunch of plants in there, and she had done this at her previous home successfully in town. But at this house, bugs were, like, coming from everywhere. And so she tried all kinds of natural treatments. Mm -hmm. uh, and she named, she even bought these special little worms or bugs that get in your soil to help. Uh, and then marigolds. I mean, mm -hmm. all the kind of the native organic type resistance to bugs. Mm -hmm. And none of them really worked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, got any pointers uh, if you wanted to avoid chemicals or? Well, most of the time with the organic treatments of those mm -hmm. bugs, it's really more time. Um, you have to give it time. It's not as aggressive as a chemical treatment, mm -hmm. which, you know, you, you, you can, um, you know, if you have ants in your house, you can sprinkle some stuff out and the ants are away in hours. Yeah. Uh, the, the more organic time, things take a little bit more time because they're not quite as effective mm -hmm. immediately. Not that they don't work, but it just, it's more patience of mm -hmm. letting, you know, the product grow or, you know, some, sometimes you plant plants for the smell or the something in the root system to keep those bugs away. Mm -hmm. So it's really patience and time, but yeah. Well, she ran out of both. <laughs> yeah. And it depends on what's around you. You know, if, if you have a lot of woods around you, you know, you, there's naturally more insects yeah. in those woods. They're going to come out. You know, if she yeah. lived in a in a traditional, you know, development, which, you know, there's no trees, there's no existing woods. It's just lawn and houses. You yeah. know, it just doesn't have that, that makes uh, sense. ecological system set up. Yeah. But if you're, yeah, I know where you live, there's a lot more um, larger trees mm -hmm. and there's a ravine yep. near your house. Yep. So mm -hmm. just by the nature of where you live, you have more, you have more um, nature. Yeah, so there's, there's more bugs around there. You have to, yep. you have to enjoy yeah. where it is, which is a little bit more work. Yeah, definitely. Okay. But Dina say she's not gardening this year. <laughs> <laughs> Gave up on it. You can just go buy the plants. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So. I want to talk about some design ideas. As we were talking in our first first segment, Mark, uh, really the there's no limit to a, what a creative mind can design oh. in landscape, right? Oh, that's very true. The, With the, all the materials and shapes of objects and the, textures. and That's very true. We always talk to our clients about a budget range, mm -hmm. and sometimes people are apprehensive about you know telling us that this is their budget. And the way we always explain it is, and I'm sure it's the same thing for you guys. Designers are terrible people to not give a budget to because if I'm just left to my own devices on your backyard, it will be beautiful, the mm -hmm. best backyard in the neighborhood, but it could easily approach more than what your house costs. So yeah. very rarely do we have a client mm -hmm. that wants to be in that investment level. So sure. that's why we ask for budgets is mm -hmm. just to, to make sure we're designing to what they want. Sure. Yeah, and that's very helpful for us. And it's, you know, a lot of people just are very reluctant to mm -hmm. reveal their budget. Sometimes they maybe think it's not enough. Sometimes they think, well, if I, if he's thinking 30,000 and I tell him 50,000 and he's going to find a way to spend that extra 20, <laughs> right. You know, so there's all those things I know that go through clients' minds because you and I are consumers too, Mark, and we uh, have the same things that, you know, mm. we get the same feelings too about other products. Right. But really, you know, if you're working with an honest, reputable company, revealing your budget is 
it puts the proper constraints on the design process. Right, and and we can address issues in the beginning to get off topic a little bit. But mm -hmm. you know, if, if someone does have a fifty thousand dollar budget, but we're talking about a hundred thousand dollar project, mm -hmm. then we can you know say right there, well, you've said you wanted a seven hundred square foot patio, and you want a real fireplace and a covered pavilion, and you know irrigation and planting, and you you need gas work and electric work and appliances so you're so right there you can say okay you know we can figure out how we accomplish this and reduce your plan but from what you're telling me and what your budget is those things don't mm -hmm. all don't go together yeah and you have to have that honest discussion in your world and mine because we don't want to go to a lot of effort designing this fabulous plan for someone that is really outside of the realm of what they're comfortable with their comfort, yeah, yeah, comfort and, zone. And we, we deal with that every day and the same thing. We mm -hmm. want to, we want to create a good space that they like and enjoy, but you know, everybody has a, a comfort level of what they're willing to spend and that that's understandable. I do the same thing when I buy things too. Yeah. So let's say, okay, you've got a new client, you've talked budget, you're pretty much on the same mm -hmm. page there and you're ready to move forward in design. What, what all do you have to consider? Well, on some of the fun things that we've worked on um, that are, you know, a little bit newer ideas are, you know, pollinator gardens, you know, there's always a discussion of, you know, in our development of our area, we're taking away native lands. And so there's not enough, um, you know, plants to keep the bees and the, mm -hmm. you know, all the insects happy. Mm -hmm. So some clients are very interested in adding some, some plants to their landscape to help do that, where they okay. can see the bees come in and the hummingbirds. Um, we had one client in Upper Arlington, and we did their entire backyard on a pollinator theme, wow. which was exciting and challenging mm -hmm. um, to find landscape plants that look good but still accomplish their goal because not all plants that are really native like that mm -hmm. can, would you really consider for a, for a traditional landscape in your okay. house. So what are some of your favorite plants oh, for that purpose? There's, oh, there's a list and list and list. Really? And it depends on... You know, hers was a little bit more bird oriented. So, you know, we did some cone flowers and some other things that the birds could really eat the seeds off. Um, and it depends on what your goals are. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to focus on bees or birds or butterflies. Mm -hmm. So sure. it depends on the direction. Some overlap, some don't. Um, and she said it was really interesting because when we were done, there were birds that came to her house. You know, it was a good feeling to find out, you know, you did all this research plant all these plants and get them all in and then you kind of cross your fingers that this really works mm. and she said there was a handful of birds that she's never seen before you know in in a residential neighborhood you know she's seen them at nature centers and place like that okay but it was really fun to hear you know the list of things that were were visiting her house which was our goal from the beginning so to find out we were successful for that it was it was That's wonderful exciting um so we've had clients who've done that in, in small scales where they said, okay, we just want to do a little bit this or like her, where we've done it on really big scales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I suppose there's a season to when those plants are, you know, giving the seeds that mm -hmm. the birds are interested in. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, of course, just like most plants are flowering in the springtime and the early summer. So you get the, the bees and the butterfly to come in and eat some of the nectar. And then, you know, some of them set seeds, some of them don't. Um, but like the coneflower is a good example. You know, they set a seed a little later in the summer and then there were birds that were showing up and, and eating the seeds, which was fun to find out. And along with the pollinator gardens, um, we've had clients, um, sort of like your daughter who wanted to do some vegetable gardening, but mm -hmm. they don't want to go, you know, all in on a huge 
time-consuming vegetable garden. So we've taken a piece of their landscape and designed it in, and they could have, you know, just a couple tomato plants or something easier to grow that, you know, is just a handful of plants so they don't have to get into the big garden, mm. you know, feel like they have that constant care. Something to where people can enjoy going out, getting outside, doing a little work, but not being so overwhelming where, you know, when you do a big garden, which I've had big gardens before, mm-hmm. it's a it's a chore. It's, oh, yeah. it's it's your little backyard farm. Um, so those are fun too of trying to find some you know perennial or herbs and um, you know lettuce or tomatoes, something that you can work in a traditional landscape to to um, to look good, but still so you can really enjoy it. Keep it minimal, but keep it fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Great, Mark. We're going to take a quick break. I have a question about landscape lighting for when, when we get right back. Here. Okay. Good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas, and I have today with me Mark Aubrey from Greenscapes right here in the Columbus area. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Yep. So we're having a lot of fun uh, talking about landscape, and there is so much to talk about. Uh, So we were just talking during the break how, you know, we just go on and on (laughs) with this subject. Uh, And it's a lot of fun, and it, you know, relates to everybody unless you uh, have a concrete um, lawn. <laughs> Wait, if you you still probably have some weeds growing in those cracks. <laughs> That's true. Though. Yeah, they got something green in your house. Okay, but uh, most everybody at their home has something growing, mm-hmm. or a patio, or a deck, or who knows what. So, uh, I hope that you're finding this interesting this morning as you're listening in. So, Mark, I mentioned right before the break, I had a question about lighting outdoors. Mm-hmm. So, I know for some time now, there's been these solar a light LED lamps mm-hmm. and you just kind of plug them in the ground and they get a little solar uh, electricity during the right. day and then get, emit a glow at night. Uh, so I've got one area in particular I want to light in my home and it's, so I've got the stone walk that's stepped mm-hmm. up uh, and it's kind of a long walk to my front door and it's all kind of going up and mm-hmm. kind of twisting and turning so when I'm heading out of the office early, in, well, when I'm heading out of my home at early in the morning to go to the office, a lot of times it's very dark. And I've got, you know, my lights at my door mm-hmm. and in front of the garage doors, but still that walkway is dark for me and anybody else that may be navigating that. So today with modern technology, what's the best way to light a walk like that? Well, you know, those solar lights have actually come a long way and they're really improving but they're still based off the sun. So mm-hmm. if if you have a lot of trees in your yard or it gets, um, you know, if we have like we've had, you know, a few days ago where it was cloudy all day and overcast, you know, those lights can't collect enough energy to light from sundown to sun up. So they're they're good to a point. Mm-hmm. So we usually use a low voltage LED system to provide that illumination for your home. And, you know, they're nice because you can set them up however you'd like, where you can have a, a solar eye. So as soon as the sun reaches, goes down to a certain point, the lights come on. And when the sun comes up again, they turn off. Or if you don't want to have your lights on all night, you can do use a timer system uh, to where, you know, just as a nice regular timer. So, the lights come on at seven, they turn off at 11, they mm-hmm. come in at five, they turn off at seven. And now with all the other options we have, there's lighting systems that you can turn on and off from your phone. 
Yeah. Uh, the LEDs, you know, since it's n- n- not a traditional light source, you know, you can dim them up and down. You can change the color. Um, if you're really into that, you can change the color of each light. You know, if you like Christmas time, you can mm. turn this one white, this one red, this one green. Mm. Um, so with our technology of the LED systems, you can really customize a lighting system to to get what you want out of it and make it really interesting. That sounds cool. So what are some interesting lighting uh, plans that you've done with your clients? Well, when we do a lighting system, uh, you know, we try to highlight our landscape. So as a designer, you really want to show off what you've done. Um, Sure. You know, some people have different opinions on lighting systems. I like mine to be a little bit less. um, So we have some dark spots and we have some light spots to create that um, you know, that in and out, that really that depth of color. Um, cause I, I don't, my a personal opinion is I don't like when everything is too bright, um, because it really, you, you lose the character of what you're trying to light. Mm-hmm. So we may just have a couple path lights that are spaced far enough apart that between their pools of light, it might get a little darker in there. Cause we want to create a real feeling when people walk up to the house. And usually we start by putting the lights at, you know, intersections and steps. Mm-hmm. So we start by, because like you said, you want to see all the steps. So if we were doing your house, we'd start by putting a light near every step so we can light the steps and then go from there. Maybe mm-hmm. we put some up lights on. Maybe there's something interesting on the house. So we can put an up light or two on the house. Or mm-hmm. maybe you have an interesting tree that we can up light. So we want to create that, you know, that f- that depth of, of color and, and light and dark. Yeah. And lighting is so huge indoors and outdoors because a lot of the projects that we design and build uh, have a lot of different light elements in Mm. the space Mm -hmm. for different moods, different uh, uses of the space, and also the drama that comes from really well done lighting. Yeah, and that's that's really, drama is a perfect word because that's what we want to create. We want to create that interest when you come up to the house where, Mm -hmm. um, where you can see certain things or if you have like, you know, a really neat Japanese maple, we can put a couple of lights in it and really light it up. And, you know, in wintertime, that's when a lighting system really looks good when there's a little bit of snow on the ground and, you know, it's wintertime, it gets dark early. You know, lighting system really pays off in the wintertime. Yeah. Great stuff. So we uh, have talked a lot about uh, design work uh, and our um, early summer care Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. lawns and stuff. So what else should we cover here in this last segment? Well, you know, the the one thing before anybody starts a project, interior or exterior, is, you know, we always encourage them to do what makes sense for them. You know, you may have a house of a certain style that you've purchased for some reason, but that style may not fit what you want. And so, you know, do you want to go with your personal style or something to match the house? So, you know... It's our job as designers to bring up these questions and sort of challenge the client a little bit um, just so they can think about it. Um, Not that we're trying to be, you know, rude or, you know, or telling them that it's a bad idea, but we just want the client to know what their options are so you can really get what you want out of it because, you know, they have to look at it every day and we can create whatever is best fit for them. Um, you know, so a lot of houses and it's a more traditional house, you know, but people are going with, you know, a, a simpler landscape, a little cleaner, um, you know, maybe with the tile or some natural stone that has a little bit different look than a, a paver. Um, 
So we just want a client to really think about what they want and what they want to achieve. Um, you know, what size do you need? What do you, what do you really like? What do you want to do out of this? Sure. <clears throat> yeah. So there's different themes in landscape, just like there are in architectural mm -hmm. uh, designs for homes. Right. And if you look at, you know, the classic architectural digest, you see a lot of landscapes in there and they mm -hmm. all have a certain style to match that style of house. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that's just what we want, want the client to think about and say, you know, we can design what you want. It's just, you know, what do you want? Right. So your designers can help uh, your clients kind of coordinate that and mm -hmm. get a good theme that matches the home, but also leans towards their personal preferences. Right. Mm -hmm. That's always fun when there's, um, you know, interior or exterior architectural details that you can pull into the landscape to, to really make the interior and exterior really flow together. And, um, you know, we've worked with other designers um, from Dave Fox and, you know, where they were designing a, you know, a room addition or something else. And we've worked together to see how the doors and windows can be positioned to really flow into the exterior space to make it work as a group. Um, you know, a while ago we worked on a project and I suggested to move the door from one wall to the other wall. And there was really no reason why we couldn't um, far as interior space, but mm -hmm. moving the door over really helped to make a great flow with the exterior space. And it was something that, you know, when we work together as a team, mm -hmm. it just makes the whole project go much smoother. And, um, you know, it just worked out a ton better and it was only moving the door like five feet, but yeah. you know, that difference really, no one probably would ever notice, but we all noticed that sure. it just made it a, so much nicer of a space to move about. Yeah, moving a a door or a window in an interior space I know makes can revolutionize the space. So I'm sure, as you mentioned, on, on the exteriors and being able to conveniently get out and, and how you navigate through the exterior landscape that you've just done is important. So, Mark, thanks a lot for being on this morning. I enjoyed talking about landscaping and about the Greenscapes, a great company here in the Columbus area that we've worked with for some time now. So I want everybody to know that you can reach us by email at info at DaveFox.com. You can also go to DaveFoxRadio.com and download any of our previously broadcast shows. Next week, I'll be talking with Carol Ricks from Car Supply. We'll see you then.